I'm Victoria Zeller. I'm a writer and a Bills fan by birth because you don't really get a choice around these parts. I'm Taylor Fulton. I am a staff writer at Meet at Midfield. I have a dog that barks and I'm a Bills fan. I've been a Bills fan my whole life. Hi, I'm Prescott Rossi, and I'm a fan of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, currently live in Rochester, New York. I um, actually did not grow up here in Western New York. Grew up uh, in Albany, which is about four hours uh, from Buffalo. Uh, and I was actually not even a Bills fan growing up. So I have like no memories of, of getting on the school bus after you know losing four straight Super Bowls because I was actually a 49ers fan as a kid. Uh, but that dissipated over the years. I went to college in Boston, got some jobs in broadcasting uh, in Maine, and then I ended up... Uh, at the CBS affiliate in Rochester uh, at the end of 2011, which was in the heart of the Bills' 17-year playoff drought, and pretty quickly learned just how much this team means and to this region. And you know, when you're on air and you're covering the team, you know, for the news, you have to know your stuff. You can't fake it. The audience will see right through it. So I did my homework, and for eight years I covered the team uh, for News 8 here in Rochester, and then I got out of the business in 2019, and it was pretty easy to to move into becoming a Bills fan with two feet, you know, jumping all in uh, after that. And in 2022, I became a season ticket holder, and um, yeah, one of the best purchases of my life. It is an absolute blast going to Bills games. I highly recommend it to anybody who's ever thought about coming to Orchard Park. It's chaotic, it's loud, it's drunk, it's wonderful. Um, to be a part of that community is is a real treat and is something that is really significant to me. I, I want to understand Bill's Mafia. Mostly I want to understand what that term means. Is it all-encompassing or does it only refer to specific subsection of Bill's fans? Tough question. I'm going to take you on a history lesson. So kind of like, so where... Where this comes from, it goes back to 2010. Do you remember when Stevie Johnson dropped a touchdown and then tweeted blaming God about it? <laughs> I don't remember that specifically, <laughs> but it it sounds right. Yeah, so, um, so at this point, the Bills are like as bad as they've ever been. They're like 0-7, they're playing the Steelers, the game's in overtime. Stevie is wide open in the end zone. Ryan Fitzpatrick puts it right up to him. And it just goes right through his hands, and he, like, slumps, collapsed on the field. The Bills lose, and then after the game, Stevie Johnson um, tweets, I, I praise you 24-7, and this, how you do me. You expect me to learn from this? How? I'll never forget this. Ever. Thanks, though. <laughs> so, so um, this, this happens in 2010, and then, like, a full day later, Adam Schefter retweets this tweet and a whole bunch of Bills fans get mad about it because he's so late on it and they start like collectively clowning Adam Schefter and this is like this group of people organically coming together to like clown on the most clownable individual in football media um is these people end up coming up with the name Bills Mafia so it it starts as this very like Twitter specific online thing um and I was very young when all this was going on, but like I do definitely remember the early days and for a long time, like um for a long time the team keeps it very much at arm's length because like if you start associating with like fan groups and you don't know what their deal is, it can get weird. So um 
but basically this this term springs up as a as as a like twitter specific concept that sort of then like filters up through you know it goes from twitter to like facebook and then all of a sudden like my dad is like asking me what bill's mafia means <laughs> um so starts off hyper starts off hyper specific and then like once the team several years ago starts like putting Bill's Mafia on shirts, that's when it's like state propaganda institution. Um, and yeah, I would say that originally hyper, like originally a very hyper specific group of people online slowly expands. And like now, if I am as a Bill's fan trying to emphasize that we are not all like this, I might say, I believe this, the Mafia believes that, you know? <laughs> um, um, and, like, there is a lot of that, like, it is it is the kind of thing where if if someone from outside of Buffalo asks about Bill's Mafia, you're like, yeah, Bill's Mafia, we got it. If someone inside Buffalo asks if you are Bill's Mafia, you're like, why, do I give off weird vibes? <laughs> like, <laughs> so there is, like, actually a formal history of Bill's Mafia from my understanding there was like a movement or some sort of like Facebook group or something that happened where there are technically co-founders of Bill's Mafia um I believe they're like one of them is like very successful running like a some sort of like company based off of that like doing like charity charity work and stuff like that but like there's an origin to Bill's Mafia um what it has become is like a very interesting, it's sort of a, a phrase where it's like, only only I can make fun of Bill's Mafia, you can't. Okay. Where yeah. like, if I'm like out in the world, if I am like traveling, if I'm in a different city, if I'm doing anything else in the world and I see someone in a Bill shirt, I become that person. I'm like, go Bill's, let's go, Bill's Mafia. If I am in Buffalo, I think that there's a certain aura around Mil Bill's Mafia that's like, we are obsessed with the Bills. We are very positive about the Bills, perhaps like a toxic positivity sometimes. <laughs> um, so to me, it's always like um, Bill's Mafia is one of those things where it's like, everyone is a Bills fan. And then yeah. there's kind of like this core of like Bill's mafia of like the most concentrated Bill's fan. Yes. The most concentrated Bill's fan. Um, I remember the Bill's like originally did not love that phrase for some reason. Like it was not how like Twitter has the official hashtags of the teams. It yeah. wasn't for a while. I think yeah. they like tried to avoid that, but it's so all encompassing that you can't really get away from it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I kind of do. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily co-sign every single thing that like Bill fans in that vein are doing, but I get it. Like, I understand it. It's, um, I don't contone it. I wouldn't do it. And sometimes I make fun of it, but it's not like, but like I'm in that headspace. Like I totally understand where they come from. It's pretty all-encompassing um, mm -hmm. because it's been around long enough. It's kind of morphed and changed into different things. You know, I mean, there there is the, 
you know, the drunk rowdy aspect to it, but there's also the the charitable aspect to it that gives thousands of dollars to players' charities. We're even seeing that in the aftermath of losing to Kansas City, that you know, the, the mafia came out with the money cannon and, and gave thousands of dollars to Tyler Bass, the Bills kicker, to, yeah. to his charity and um, or a charity that's significant to him. And so it, it, it can mean a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I think it, you know, because the, the team has embraced it now, it has also changed kind of how it's viewed because for a long time, the Bills really didn't acknowledge that the mafia was a thing. And, I, you know, it's, I don't know, you know, stereotypes. It's, you know, the ties to organized crime. Like, I you know, I, I could see how in, you know, like 2014, 2015, the Bills would kind of distance themselves from it. But the players started embracing it and guys would, you know, sign with the Bills or they get drafted by the Bills and they say, you know, like, hey, mafia, I'm coming. You know, like, can't wait to, to play for the mafia. And so the team, I think, whether it was reluctantly or not, I'm not quite sure, but embraced it, and now it's just a, a you know a synonym for being a Bills fan. So if you <laughs> if you root for the Bills, you are in essence part of the mafia, you know whether you like it or not. What percentage of Bills fans would you say are the we're going to go jump through a table <laughs> in freezing cold weather and drink our faces off? Like what? How much of the pie does that represent? Ryan, first off, have you ever been to a Bills game? Have you ever been no, to Orchard Park? No, All right, so I, I recommend. Not. And if you ever want to, just let me know. We'll take care of you. Okay. Um, you know, because I think there's, you know. Highmark Stadium is owned by Erie County, and the mm-hmm. parking lots immediately around it are also owned by the county, and so they play by the county's rules. There are police officers, security guards, you know, people on golf carts, like, you know, monitoring things. It really isn't chaotic. It's when you right. get away from there, that's where, you know, you see the people on Instagram and TikTok, and, and so, you know, that's, you know, Bills fans will know California, Southwestern, Big Tree, Abbott, those are streets with parking lots and front lawns where the chaos takes place. So, um, and that's where we go. We, uh, we go to the Twin Oaks parking lot on Southwestern. Um, and that is, that's where chaos is. But I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's not Thunderdome. It's not Mad Max, but you know, okay. You know, people are, you know, you know, maybe getting ready to go to the game. They're breaking things down. They're putting away grills and whatnot. And Hey, there's a folding table. Someone jump off a school bus, go through it, you know. So it's <laughs> as it's one does, as it's one does. you know, exactly. You know, do you have the lid to the Weber? And oh, by the right. way, yeah, there, there's a table to go through before we uh-huh. leave. Uh-huh. So, um, I, I mean, def- and also like, how rowdy are you talking? You know, like, I, I, you know, I think everybody that goes to tailgate is going to have a beer or two. I don't sure. know that you're going to get, you know, blackout, but. It's whatever you want it to be. If you want to go that far, man, you are free to go. There is no one's going to stop you. Um, not not even at the pit, they won't stop you. Well, uh, well, <laughs> you see, that's the other thing is our 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 tailgate lot butts up against the fence to the pit. Okay, and so and because as a season ticket holder, I went to every game this year. When you hear the Erie County police chopper, like two hundred <laughs> feet above ground, that's that's a good sign that someone's in the pit. And so, like, oh, well, you know, the pit demands flesh. Uh, uh-huh. You know, the the silence is deafening. Someone needs to sacrifice themselves. And so, I think there were ten people who've been arrested for trespassing uh, this season. Uh, so. You know, it, that's that's how it goes. If that's what you want to do, it, it it's right there. It's there. The pit you know? is literally open to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's whatever you want it to be. Exactly. So I think that also all gets hooked together in the early 2010s when Bill's Mafia is 
is this like largely like Twitter phenomenon, but also like this is this is the age of Vine. So like just like Bill's Mafia is like floating out here and people start recording themselves jumping through tables and doing all this stuff, which um yeah. I will say, um Bill's tailgating culture is fascinating to me because we have this image of the like suburban Buffalonian idiot getting stank drunk at 10 a.m. jumping through a table on fire. But like there are like fascinating material conditions for how we end up there. Um, so when the Bills first start playing, they're playing at this stadium on Jefferson and Dodge on the east side of Buffalo called War Memorial Stadium. Uh, I once tweeted it at you and you said that it looked like a racetrack for divorced horses. Um, which is, which is absolutely correct. It was, I mean, it got nicknamed the rock pile because it was not in good shape, but either way, like the bills start as this like team of the city on the East side of Buffalo and, um, 1970s, we're talking about white flight, baby. And it's like, bills need a new stadium. We're going to put it out in the suburbs. Where's cheap orchard park. We move it from the East side of Buffalo out to orchard park. And all of a sudden, because the stadium's in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, you can't take the bus to the game, you can't take the train to the game, you have to drive to the game, everyone has to drive to the game. So that means that there is a, just like, city of parking lots around this building, and because it's in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, and you have to get there at like 9am, so you need a place to spot, and it's cold, there's nothing to do, right. except binge drink. And like, <laughs> and like... I would say that this all, like, really gets started, I mean, like, there were, of course, Bill's Freaks going all the way back to the 70s when they moved to Orchard Park, but, like, really gets going in the 90s when the Bills are great, um, and then sort of, like, uh, picks up steam into the social media age, like, that's when we get people jumping through tables for clicks so that Barstool will retweet you, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I would say that if when someone here or if when someone says Bill's Mafia, you picture a white suburban Western New Yorker in Zubaz jumping through a table. Yes, I would say that that's basically correct. <laughs> but like, I think it's I think it's very interesting to like note the economic forces that have like shaped sure shaped this culture. And also the other thing. I, um, the other thing that I want to mention about Orchard Park specifically is that the way that living next to a Great Lake works is that if you're downwind of a Great Lake, every so often it just vomits snow on you. And off of Lake Erie, it is a super narrow 15-mile belt coming right off the lake. And the Bills put their stadium right there. Right there, baby. <laughs> right in the middle of the belt. So people people have this idea that Buffalo is like, oh, you're always covered in like six feet of snow and everyone's drunk all the time. Um, and it's mostly just because they put the stadium in the exact place where that would happen. Okay. Um, which I think is I think is all like interesting as far as like how we end up where we are now. That fan culture is everything that is not just like bill's mafia um it's it's everybody it's like my friends it's like people i know it's like i went to the road for a playoff game in kansas city it was the 13 seconds game that one um so like i 
that is just part of the culture. Like mm-hmm. Bill's tailgates feel like college tailgates. They're not, they're not like anything I've ever seen. Um, and they're rowdy. They are, there are tables on fire. There are people jumping into tables. Um, there's a lot of like yelling and chanting. Um, sometimes if you go to the right tailgate, you can see a man douse himself in ketchup and mustard. I don't know if anyone told you about Pinto Ron, but that's a guy. <laughs> um, so like that culture, like it, that is in itself Bill's Mafia, but like every Bill's fan knows that. Every Bill's fan is going to get themselves into something. <laughs> Um, one way or the other, which is right. kind of like the the charm of it all. It's like a very strange, like I said, it's like a college tailgate. Like there are those like, there are those diehards. There are those like people who are just like, you know, got the buses that are just covered in like bills, like Zuba's print and all this stuff. Like even people who like maybe don't consider themselves Bill's Mafia, there's like a subset of Bills fans who who really try to like be like ah it's really not for me, um I probably fall into that crowd but like that it's still fun it's still like mm-hmm. fun to be there it's still exciting to see like oh boy like we're we're about to see some shit today. Buffalo is as a matter of geography, New York State's only pro football team. Giants yes. just play in New Jersey. Quick to remind you of that, yeah, yes, yeah. but. I think everyone would say that the Bills are in no way New York City's football team and and never have been. So is that just a product of Buffalo and New York City are very far away and they happen to share a state, but other than that, they're just not that similar? Like, why... Why, in your opinion, is there this gulf between I mean, the Bills and what, what a lot of people think of as, quote, New York sports? Well, that's it. It's distance. I mean, it is, you know, for people that live in Buffalo, it is easier to fly to New York City than drive. Right. And so, and and then you get into, like, the, the dynamics of it of, like, kind of, you know, Buffalo plays a lot more like a, you know, like a Rust Belt town, like a mm-hmm. Midwest town. I feel... You know, even in Rochester, like much more of a connection to Buffalo and to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit than I do to New York City or Boston or Philadelphia. And and growing up in Albany, even I could feel that that shift, that dynamic, because and I'm just racking my brain right now. I Growing up, I think I knew one Bills fan. I knew tons of Giants and Jets fans. I knew Cowboys fans and Patriots fans and Packers fans. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was the 90s. They were good. You know, I get it. And. So, yeah, just the Bills, even after the in the aftermath of the Super Bowl era, really didn't move the needle much in Albany. And I think that's a big part of it because it was, you know, New York and Boston are closer. They're two and a half hours away. Buffalo's four hours away. So I think the distance is the big reason why, you know, Buffalo and New York are, are really two separate spheres. I know the diaspora is a big part of it. They're, you know, Bills fans and Western New Yorkers, Western New York natives that live everywhere. But um, yeah, it's just, it's two different worlds. Buffalo is a Midwestern ass place. Listen to how I sound. I have the honk. Um, And like, so like, Buffalo is of the Great Lakes and is kin to like Cleveland and like Detroit, like a lot of like German, Polish immigrants, a lot of Italians. Like, it's like very much a Midwestern, like Rust Belt ass town and not really a ton like New York State's fascinating because parts of New York State like Buffalo are like quasi 
Midwest, Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. Rochester's kind of like that, too. But then, like, you get into the southern tier, where it's basically, like, new... It's... 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 It is the red part of any blue state. It is mm-hmm. the part of Alabama that drifted up and, like, lodged itself onto <laughs> the, like, yes, ass yes. of Buffalo. But then, like, you get out to, like, northern New York, you're basically in, like, Quebec. You go to eastern New York, you're basically in New England. And then New York City's its own crazy thing. Um... So I think a lot, like a lot of Buffalo people definitely have feelings about being lumped in with New York City just because like it is not a like cultural fit at all. I've been in New York mm-hmm. City one day in my life and I was like, I do not understand this. This is <laughs> this is frightening and scary. And granted, that's just because I don't like cities in general, but um, very like very much of 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 a like different thing. And. Buffalo is not a place where a lot of people are moving for work. Bills fans tend to, like, settle out and everywhere, which is why um, Server and I were talking before you got on about how he used to work at a Bills backers bar in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Not surprising (laughs) at all. Of course. Of course there's a Bills bar in Winston-Salem, you know? Um, So, but it is not a town where you have a lot of people moving from elsewhere. Um, And... It is, it is absolutely a sports monoculture. Like, you might know somebody who grew up here who's a Dolphins fan just to, like, piss off their dad. Because yeah, it's fun sure. to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, some of that, sure. But, like, generally, it is extremely homogenous. During Bill season, especially now that we live in a, like, post-Josh Allen world, it is inescapable and everywhere. Like, my mother never watched, like, a minute of football in her life before, like, 2020. And now when she watches the games, she, like, screams at the television louder than I do. And she has, like, opinions about Dawson Knox and how and how these bills <laughs> don't use him correctly. And it's like, that's crazy. That's my mom. The bills are everything. I think in part it's due to, um, like, New York City obviously has, like, a kind of a mishmash of everybody. Like, people don't, like, there are obviously, like, New York natives, but, like, it's not the same as Buffalo where a lot of us, like I'm from Buffalo originally, like Mm -hmm. I didn't go to school here, but like I'm from Buffalo. This is where I've been. Um, But like Buffalo, even like Rochester, which is like an hour and a half away, um, a lot of different kind of like basically anywhere from like Syracuse over, like it is just, it's the Buffalo Bills, Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is just so interesting because again, when I went to school, it was like that, but for like a college, it was for like, you know, it was like Michigan or Michigan state or um, like, I have a lot of friends who went to like Penn state or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like those areas are like so concentrated for those fans. That's what this is here. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it, like maybe Philly, but like, even then, like you've got people who move there who like aren't from there originally, like, you are a Bills fan or you're not. Um, right. I think there's like one bar here that's like a Chiefs bar and that's it. Like you are a Bills, <laughs> like you're a Bills fan. You have you have no choice. Like if I would not be doing this willingly. Like I wouldn't this isn't this would not be my choice. Like I was born into it. Like my family's Bills fans. I'm a Bills fan. My children, my grandchildren, they will be Bills fans. Like it's just what happens. And you 
kind of, even people who like move here gain like this very Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, like a very Stockholm syndrome sense of like, all right, well, the bills are here. And like the bills are always like, if someone, if that's not their first team, they're always like their secondary team of like, yeah, yeah I'll root for the bills. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm around all the time. And it's like, if there's an away game, like, yeah, I'm, we're, you're going to watch them at a bar. You're going to, it's a, it's for the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a hockey team, like love them. Wonderful. Um, they've gotten really close too, but it's like, that's another factor that's different than New York. Like, I think you have a lot of different sports teams there, like a lot more that you can draw from. Sure. Um, in terms of major professional sports, we have, um, I mean, we used to have stuff, but now it's the Bills. It is the Buffalo Sabres, the hockey team. And like, we have an indoor professional lacrosse team. They're great, but like, there is nothing that is just so all consuming. Like people don't have, like some people like don't like holding events on Sundays, not because of church, because of the bills people (laughs) there. are Like if the bills are playing on a, like on Monday night football, like I would love to do the research on like how productive someone is on a Tuesday. Like it is, the bills are everything there is yeah. you cannot escape them even if you try i've like shamelessly cribbed this from you so i'm just going to give you the credit for it taylor sure um buffalo is unique amongst nfl cities in that there's not a major college football program particularly close like there but the buffalo bulls are in town and i acknowledge that but as far as like power programs go, Syracuse is the closest, I think, and that's like two hours away. And Syracuse football is not historically something that moves a ton of needles. But, you know, like thinking back to when I was growing up in Florida, it was not uncommon to have people who were like big Tampa Bay Bucks fans on Sunday. But on Saturday, they were Florida or Florida State or Miami fans. Like there were there were natural sort of fissures that college football gave them and also sort of like uh acted as ways in which you'd sort of divvy up your energy and your enthusiasm because you weren't like i mean god when i when i was rooting for the cream skull buccaneers like if that was all you cared about that was a big problem but like that's just not a thing in buffalo either there is no there is no sort of like college football culture that can counterbalance or can sort of like dig into anything. And so I guess this is a very long way of me asking, do the bills basically serve as Buffalo's college football team? I think, I think, yes, I, there are a lot of different, like, like historical reasons why the, like the university of Buffalo's team just hasn't been as popular. I mean, it's a small stadium. It's like, Athletics has not been a priority for them for a long time. There's, um, and like, you know, I don't want to say like, I know people are proud of the program. People are like happy about it. And like, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to take that away from people, but it's just so interesting. Cause I guess like, so they came up, like their program was good when the bills started in 1960. And this is not, you know, a one-to-one historical comparison, but like, when you have both of those things happening at the same time and then sort of one is kind of this, this major thing. And then this other thing kind of isn't one is going to kind of take over. And when Mm -hmm. one has that priority of the finances of the 
resources of the being able to attract people a little bit more. And it's always interesting too, because both of them are in the suburbs. Neither of them are centrally located in Buffalo. Um, but it's sort of, it's a different experience it's, and it's always been a different experience. It's so interesting too, because Syracuse, there are Cuse fans here, there are Syracuse grads here. Um, but even then, very few people are interested in Syracuse football. Everyone, uh-huh. like if you're going to see Syrac- anything Syracuse, it's maybe basketball or, or even lacrosse before yeah. football in my estimation. And in terms of like Saturday versus Sunday, like sometimes I feel like I'm the only one in Buffalo excited on a Saturday for anything. I'm just like, <laughs> this is, unless the Bills are, pl- unless the Bills are playing on a Saturday. Right, right. Like there's, like, I'm the one who's, like, trying to get my friends to be like, I would like to maybe watch a, a couple of football games at a bar, but it's a Saturday. It's not – it doesn't draw people in. And I think part of that is just college football culture of just, like, if you don't have that strong campus connection, that's another reason, like, the University of Buffalo is not as exciting. It's a commuter campus, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you don't get as much of that, like, campus culture. Um, you're not getting those traditions. You're not getting all that stuff. You're not really immersed in it. But at the same time, like the, the bills, you kind of are because like everyone's going to Orchard Park, everyone's doing that. So, so it's a very similar situation, but yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm one of the only people who's excited on a Saturday for any sort of football, (laughs) because it's just like people and people have said this to me. They're like, I don't know how you watch that. Like, it doesn't grab me. It's not, it doesn't make sense to me. And when when it's either you're watching kind of bad Mac football that's good every couple of years or so. Yeah. The last time yeah. people cared was when Lance Leipold was the head coach, mm-hmm. which was almost 10 years ago now. Like when you've got that versus you've got like this this product that you're used to that is objectively a superior football product. Like you're watching the best players it's hard to watch college if all you sure. know is professional football, if all and you if know you, is the NFL. And if you don't have, like you said, if you don't have that like personal connection to it of like, oh, this is a thing that I have really fond memories of from direct experience. Right. I yeah. mean, people like to make fun of me when Michigan <laughs> has a rough game, but like, it's not the same. It's not quite the same as like, I, I don't feel like there's no, like if I wanted to watch like the game with somebody like there's no like sort of back and forth there. There's no, there's no one's going to be like sitting across the bar, just like screaming at each other mm-hmm. um, or just like, there's not going to be that tension. There's just going to be like someone sitting at a bar watching a football game, like very casually. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that level of intensity that you would see for the bills at all. Buffalo might be one of the largest cities to have just like no college football culture at all. And like, mm-hmm. there are a few, like, I mean, um, the university at Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo, I mean, here we literally only just call it UB. Um, UB's Division One football program is only 25 years old, maybe-ish. Yeah. Might even be younger than that. Like, And even then, that was like, huh, we're in like a pretty big town. We would probably have the money to do this. Um, and even then, like, UB has struggled for, like, local, local traction, obviously. Because, like, not, like... The people who have gone there who are old did not go there when, like, when there was a college football team that was of any note. It's very common for people to stay local for college here. Um, I couldn't tell you why that is. I did. I think, like, 
something like 80 to 90% of my high school class just like went to UB, went to Canisius, went to Niagara, went to Bonaventure, which is like downstate. Um, but um, you do have people who will go to Penn State, go to Syracuse, and then kind of like bring that back a little bit. Syracuse basketball is like kind of a thing here a little bit. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I hate Syracuse bas like I hate Syracuse basketball, and it's really only because they're like a private school, and I'm like, eh. Um, <laughs> and like, so yeah, like there is like there just isn't really college football here present like that. Um, so like, b the Bills, especially since the Buffalo Sabers have waned, and that's a whole other fucking bucket of worms. Um, uh, like the Bills have like grown to fill the sports vacuum here for sure in terms of like place in the culture of like this team is of this place and everyone here are like we like we are all fans of this team it's very it's very homogenous and like i said i did not go to a like big college town but from what i've heard about gainesville knoxville athens it seems to have a like similar homogenous vibe. There's no quad or anything to walk through. It's just, <laughs> right. it's just parking lots and a neighborhood. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking like, well, new England doesn't have that, you know, new yeah. England doesn't yeah. have that, that college feel. And I, you know, Gillette stadium, like, I mean, it's easy, you know, I'm not a, a Pats fan, so I, it's, it's easy to shit on Gillette stadium and their, their mini mall that they have there, you know, their Patriot place. But um you know, hey, I'm sure they have, I don't know, everybody loves Applebee's, right? Um, but, uh, you know, not that Orchard Park has much. I mean, the, the, there's a bar right in the corner of Abbott and Southwestern that's changed hands a million times. I think it's called Prohibition Bar. Like, it's where you would go to get diseases. It's a terrible place. Um, but uh, uh, Bill's fans are going to be mad at me for saying that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's very fair. Um, you know, the, yeah, I mean, people, I just think back to my TV days. I mean, people love talking about the bills. They love yeah. all like sort of bills content that you can get. And, and so, yeah, man, I mean, it, it is, it, it does have that college feel to it. I mean, again, I, you know, I went to Boston university. I did not have that college football experience, BU doesn't have a football team. Yep. You know, I, I, my first job out of college was in Bangor, Maine. Like there's no, there's no, I mean, there's the university of Maine, yeah. but they're not, it's not the same thing. You know what right. I mean? So right. I, I can't truly say like, oh, going to a game in Orchard Park is like going to the Grove or something or, or going to Neyland. Like, I, I can't make that comparison. But, I mean, I know how rabid the fans are. I know much they give a shit. And, like, I I can see a lot of similarities. You know, I remember, you know, in the in the West Virginia episode of this, you know, talking about your West Virginia fans, you know, all as one, 70,000 people, you know, cursing one specific curse <laughs> word about Pitt. Like, if if... If someone had invented something like that or created a song like that, I have no doubt in my mind they would say that about the Dolphins or yeah. the Chiefs or yeah. even the Patriots or whatever. So, um, yeah, you know, Bills fans are, are not above swearing in unison with 70,000 people. Walk me through how Bills fans feel about the three other teams in this division. So I think that there's still a lot of residual hatred towards the Patriots for obvious reasons. Tom Brady's record against the Bills was like 35 and 3 or something similarly stupid. Like people people remember how like Brady would like lose a game to the Dolphins once a year and be like that's weird why is he doing that? Or like mm -hmm. people 
people remember when when the like Jets and Patriots went back and forth a little bit during like the Rex Ryan years. There was absolutely none of that during like the whole Bills playoff drought. Like I can um I can count all the wins on one hand and I think only really like two of them were like maybe particularly like valid in terms yeah. of like Tom Brady didn't get pulled at halftime, you know. Yeah. Um right. uh so a lot of that is still there. Personally, like the second that Tom Brady left and when it was like, hey guys, we've got Cam Newton, we've got Mac Jones, I like could not find it in myself to like hate 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 the Patriots anymore. <laughs> and then and like the 2021 playoff game where the Bills just systematically just disassemble the Patriots in like single degree weather. I was like, okay, that's done. I do not have to care about this team anymore. But a lot of people still really, really, really do not like the Patriots. Um, the Jets, I have always felt, and maybe this is more of an indictment of where the Jets have been in my life. I've never felt particularly strongly about them, to be honest. Um, yeah, I the Bills and the Jets share the division. They play twice a year. And I feel like Jets fans are, this is going to sound insane. I feel like Jets fans are easier to get along with than either of the alternatives in terms of Patriots fans or Dolphins fans. <laughs> um, right now, for sure, and like historically back to the 90s, basically, if you take the entirety of Bill's history and like slice out 2000 to 2018, it's Bill's Dolphins. Mm -hmm. That That is the rivalry that has the juice and like... I didn't realize it until I was like 22 because the Bills and the Dolphins were terrible for like yeah, the vast right. majority of my viewing history. But now that they're both good, it's just like, oh man, I cannot stand those guys. And I think part of it is just that Buffalo and Miami are the most different places I could possibly <laughs> imagine. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, um, Miami is this like massive, beautiful city that's like. 90 degrees half the dang year or whatever um and then like buffalo is a like tiny rust belt town where sometimes six six feet of snowfall and you have to reschedule the playoff right. game we're probably um, not getting a fast and the furious set in buffalo that would be sick Miami. though it would be would i would sick, watch though. it to be clear <laughs> There are a lot of bridges that go over the uh, Ni uh, that go over the Niagara River. You could, oh, you could definitely yeah, do you something. Yeah, a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Not I take it and back. the falls are there. You could do something with that. Vin Diesel's mm -hmm. gonna like pilot a barrel with wheels over the falls somehow. Anyway. <laughs> a rocket powered um, barrel. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I like. Bills fans and and Dolphins fans, like, I'm friends with Patriots and 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 like Jets fans. I don't know if I'm I I don't know if I'm friends with a single Dolphins fan. I it's it is it is it is like oil and water mixing. Like it, it's it's just two entirely different categories of people. And like I said, you have this like small core this 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 like small cohort of like dolphins fans in buffalo who are dolphins fans as like a fuck you to their dads or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and like dolphins fans for some reason just kind of like tend to be everywhere um in a way that like 
I don't know any Titans fans living here, you know? Dolphins fans are, I would say, currently the absolute most hated rival. I can't stand that coach. I can't stand their players. I do not care for the fact that they employ, like, the four fastest ball carriers in the NFL. That sucks. Um, but hey, they haven't. Uh, they somehow lost the division this year, which is just hilarious when you, like, like the Bills were... Six and six, and the story comes out where Sean McDermott is a massive asshole, but then everyone really latches onto the 9-11 story. Right. Um, and, and, like, all happens, the Dolphins have a, like, three-game three game lead for the division. They blow it. Even though the Bills lost in the divisional this year, making sure the Dolphins didn't win the division makes it all worth it. Just, <laughs> just, it's just, ugh. Fuck the Dolphins. <laughs> okay, so this is the sentiment that seems to be most clear, at least from uh, online Bills fans. What is it about the Dolphins that really just creates this amount of hatred and friction? Well, see, that has actual history to it because yeah. it's Marino and Kelly going back. So it's not just yep. it's not my generation and younger that have these current battles. Our you know our parents and and older generations they don't like the Dolphins. You know Brian yep. Cox going into the stadium with twin birds up at Bills fans. You know like people remember that. Yeah. Um, so, and then you know, but to bring it back to modern, it's it's the I think so much of it is. is is really their head coach. We, at least for me, and I think for a lot of friends of mine, it, we hate Mike McDaniel. Just that <laughs> that crypto bro personality of his, you know, and the way that the media fawns over him. He goes on hard knocks and and says, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I see intentionality with this team, and they have a, you know, a, a, a give a fuck meter that's off the charts, and just like, oh, shut up, dude, shut up. And He's with like a beloved Instagram influence, exactly. And so, and I know, it, uh, like. Can you know, like, come off like being kind of petty, but man, I really don't like him. I don't like that team. I don't like their stadium that's not even in Miami. I don't like their stupid song. I, like, I hate the Dolphins. And yeah. then they come to Orchard Park and they get their doors blown off, which is always <laughs> wonderful. And then, of course, as so often happens, they start hot and finish cold. You know, that they were what the one seed in the in the AFC, like right around Thanksgiving, and yeah. and then you know they they get knocked out and don't even have a home playoff game. So. Um, you know, it was, it was very sweet, uh, you know, winning that, that season finale, that final game of the year in Miami to just cement another AFC East, East crown. Um, you know, when it comes to the other teams in the AFC, obviously hate the Patriots. It was very fun. You know, the, the, you know, the perfect playoff game that Josh Allen and the bills had against the Patriots. What now two years ago, just before yeah. the 13 seconds game. Um, yeah, you know, the Bills scored on, scored a touchdown on, all of their possessions that had never happened in an NFL playoff game before. Um, that was awesome. They exercised a lot of demons doing that. Um, but now, I mean, the Patriots are bad and Belichick's gone. Brady's gone. Mac Jones was a fun punching bag. It looks like he'll be gone. So, you know, they don't, they don't hire up the blood like the dolphins do now. The jets are, you know, they're, they're the Jets, man. I mean, can you really get that mad at the Jets? Like, Jets fans will do it for you. Like, they yeah. they hate their team more than we hate the Jets. So, and and they're gonna hate Aaron Rodgers more than they've ever hated a Jets player ever. I am. That's a I'm, long list. That's a very oh, long list. It's already coming because he won't shut up. So, man, they're mm -hmm. they. I mean, if they don't loathe him already, he's already on the highway to being the most hated Jets player by Jets fans. Mm -hmm. Um. 
So, yeah, so for Bills fans, you can kind of disregard the Jets and the Patriots and, and focus, you know, the true haterade right, right at the Dolphins. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the Jets because that's easier. Um, okay. The Jets suck. I think the Jets, like, I don't think any of us take the Jets seriously. Obviously, the, the Bills did lose to the Jets at that one point this year. Um, but I don't think that there's really, like, hostility because, again, it's like there's there was this whole thing about, like, how the Jets are New Jersey, yada, yada, yada. This is Buffalo is New York's only team. That's like the only time that ever really comes up and it's yeah. kind of played out at this point. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of us really care that much about the jets. Like they're, they're the jets. Good luck. If you're a jets fan, it's kind of like <laughs> my, my feeling. Um, the Patriots are interesting because there's like, there's a pre there's like a, like a, a BC and an AD sort of thing, but like a before mm -hmm. Brady and after Brady, like mm -hmm. the Brady years are really tough. Uh, Tom Brady ruined my life, ruined my childhood. Um, <laughs> I hate that man. Um, and uh, he ruined my entire life. Um, all I know is Tom Brady defeating my football team. I know yep. he's lost a couple times in Buffalo, but that does not matter. Like all like my formative memories are just Tom Brady, just or just taking this team and throwing them in the garbage. Like, yeah, just, I mean, it's not, it's not one-to-one, -one, right. but the period of the playoff drought lines up very closely with like Tom Brady and the Patriots just being a constant presence it lines in up really our well. NFL postseason lives. I think he got drafted in 2000. Um, I think that's right. Yes. And so, and so like that, that was actually something that was like super, like really jarring for me because I went to school in Michigan and everyone really likes Tom Brady there. And I'm like, <laughs> you do? Like, are you sure? But he, like, but he sucks and I hate him. But he's evil. But like, <laughs> I don't think you get it. So like, yeah. I, and I mean, I think looking back now, even I would say like now it's easier to look back on him and be like, no, he was the greatest quarterback that's ever played. Like he's the, he's the greatest football player that, that we've ever seen. Um, but that said, like we can do that now because the Patriots suck now. Um, yeah. That's what makes me feel good that now, like I can, I can go to bed at night resting easy and saying like the bad man is gone. Um, <laughs> so like, so when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and like, he was no longer really my problem. Like the bills did lose to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady as quarterback. But, like, it didn't matter to me as much because it wasn't the Patriots yeah. and it wasn't this yeah. Brady-Belichick thing. And, like, Josh Allen actually played pretty well that game. Like, they almost won that game. Um, so, like, I can look back on, on this stuff now, knowing especially that the Patriots and the end of the Belichick era went the way it did. I can look back on the Tom Brady stuff and kind of be like, all right, all right, we, we had it. It was bad, but, like, you know. I can I can look back I on can it without I can acknowledge it for what it was. Yes, when you're not as close to it cuz it's like if the Patriots were still good, we'd be having a different conversation. Sure. Um, yeah. But I think it's because it's 
I can look back on it a little bit more fondly, which is nice. Um, okay. Which brings me to the dolphins. Um, they are the worst. I think that they're terrible. And I think that their fans are just as um, online and take every, like if you have ever been online and you've seen Bell's Mafia, it seems like everyone's taking things personally. Everybody's like not getting, not getting the joke. Um, I think that's an, an easy accusation you can make in like Bill's Mafia, especially online. Like uh, sometimes people don't get that people are laughing at them and not with them um, on certain things. Um, but Dolphins fans are worse. Uh, so I the, the base nature of Dolphins fans and Bill's fans, especially like, I don't even know what they call themselves, but Dolphins fans and Bill's Mafia kind of people, mm-hmm. I think together like them fighting is like that is like they're the same like that's looking in a mirror of just like people who take everything so seriously cannot really like read the room on something um (laughs) but also i just there's just something about them there's just something about the dolphins that that is the rivalry like even before like the patriots like that was a very specific tom brady bill belichick problem that was Mm -hmm. a very specific like "Mm," thing but the dolphins that's been forever like that is like squish the fish is like a thing that has like generational like no one likes the dolphins i don't like the dolphins my parents don't like the dolphins my grandparents don't like the dolphins it there it's a non-negotiable like you can't even get me to say a nice thing about the Miami Dolphins. Um, They're they're the worst to ever exist. (laughs) Mike McDaniel's very, like, his, like, nerd personality, his, like, his, like, I spend a lot of... His cool nerd personality. His cool nerd, like, (laughs) I... Cool nerd, very, like, on Reddit sort of guy. Um, (laughs) Like, that's, like... It seems like if you asked him, he probably has a couple, like, he's got some, like, opinions on, like, the Lord of the Rings movies. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but, like, he spent too much time on it, you know? Like, he's got, like, like, he's thought about it a little too hard. Um, And, like, so it's, like, his cool nerd, like, joke. Like, it grates on you in part because, like, that has just never been the culture of a Bills coach um, yeah. like Rex Ryan has like he was dramatic and he was annoying but he wasn't like this kind of annoying yes, um, yeah. so like there's that I think it's like Tua as well like I personally like don't I don't mind him in the sense of like because I watched it I watched him play in college and I was like yeah he's just another Alabama quarterback but he's probably pretty good but like ev- like Dolphins fans kind of wanting to do this. Well, he got better just like he got better just like Josh Elon did, like trying to make that happen again. Like everyone was wrong about Tua. I'm like, no, people liked Tua. People people liked Tua when he got drafted. He was fine. He was fine. Mm-hmm. He's better, but it's not the dramatic like overnight change that happened with Josh Allen. Like the the way that people kind of want to make Tua into like their josh allen is like no there's only one there's just josh allen (laughs) like you can't you can't say that like come on get out of here um so there's like that that dynamic um 
And it's just, it's just so funny because like everyone takes it so personally. So like, and like, this is a little tangent, but like, um, Bill, the Bill's ESPN reporter prior to this, um, Marcel Louis Jacques went from Buffalo to Miami and people will still tweet at him as if like both Bills and Dolphins fans tweet at him. Like he is personally taking the sides of like both fan bases. Like (laughs) it is so funny because it's like, he will tweet something about like Josh Allen being good. Dolphins fans are like, Oh, you still love Buffalo. You're still, you Mm -hmm. still are obsessed Mm -hmm. with Buffalo. Blah, blah, blah. You you were, you're a traitor all along. Yes. And then it's like, he'll tweet something good about Tua and then Bill fans still, he has been gone for years and Bill's fans will still get in his replies. Like, Oh, like, like, this is this person's job like it's right this is, not, this is not your dad right. this is not <laughs> it's so funny because it's just like this this there's this thing with dolphins fans and bills fans because it, it really is like the spider-man pointing meme. like we are more similar mm-hmm. than either fan base cares to admit um but i don't like them and that's why i'm right and they're wrong <laughs> And, and, like, I think, like, honestly, he is a great example of that because it's just, like, like, you know, you know that this is this person's job, like, does not care about either either team, lives lives in both, has lived in both places. But still, we're doing this. We're still doing this. Like, <laughs> and that's what's so funny about both of these fan bases because both of them take everything to heart. Everything is personal. Everything is, like, like you've insulted someone's mother. Like if you've insulted Josh Allen, like it's like, it's like, why don't you just like spit on my mom's grave? Like, (laughs) like sincerely, that is like, but like, I think you'll find that with dolphins. Like if you ever got help, if you meet a dolphins fan, like they're like that too. Like if you, to a slander, I'll do it all the time, but like, Mm -hmm. they don't like it. Like the whole to and on thing. Like, oh, they're just (laughs) dolphins fans are insufferable. Um, So are Bills fans, but I will defend I will defend Bills fans, Bills Mafia, toxic positivity any day before I am even talking, even entertaining the Miami Dolphins. I want to back up to the Super Bowls from yesteryear. I am not quite of the age where this is a core memory of mine, but I'm like not that far off. I was alive when the Bills lost four straight Super Bowls, and I have some inkling of remembering that it happened. How much does that now, you know, we're talking decades later, does that loom at all over the fans in the franchise or has everybody kind of moved on from it? I mean, no, I really don't think it does loom all that much. I mean, we're probably pretty similar in age. I'm 36, born in 87. Like, I I remember the last two Super Bowls. Like, I don't remember Mm -hmm. wide right. I was, what, three, four years old? Like, I have no memory of that. And so... For people my age and younger, and that's a big, you know, you talk about the pie. How big of the pie is Bills fans 36 and under, especially now that they're good? I mean, it's yeah. it's thousands. And so, that like, what does it mean watching, you know, grainy video of Jim Kelly and, and Thurman and Bruce and those guys? And, like, it's significant, but it, it doesn't loom over everything. Mm-hmm. What casts a much bigger shadow is recent memory of, you know, losing to Patrick Mahomes three times in the playoffs. Um 
you know, for a lot of Bills fans, the 17 year playoff drought is, is still, you know, they may not admit it, but tucked deep down, it's still like the, the, the fear that like, oh, we might become shitty again. Going back to the days of Chan Gailey and Doug Marone and like, that's not that long ago. But at the same time, like, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but, but all of a sudden, like things fell into place and now the Bills are good again. Obviously, Josh Allen's a huge reason why. But, um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, sort of like that fatalism waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think that's much more because they can't get over the hump against Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. because, I mean, you know, he gets to the playoffs, and he turns into Michael Jordan. So, yeah, that that is is much more, you know, like, oh, my God, how can we beat this team? You know, for a long time, it was Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, that's obviously over. And it's very fun to kick the Patriots now that they're down. <laughs> uh, don't get it twisted. But um, yeah, the, the the one, the you know, the the devil that keeps you up at night is Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think it's always going to be there until they win a Super Bowl. It's always there. Um, the thought of kind of the almost the what ifs, especially like the past couple of years, the way that the Bills have kind of had the playoffs end for them. There are so many places where people ask those questions of like the, what if this, what if that? Um, and I think, especially too, for, for fans who are my age, where it's like, we were either not born or infants at the time. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is all we know. All we know are the what ifs. Like, I think there's always a belief. There's always this like, kind of, that's what keeps us. That's what keeps me in it. Like, Sometimes I think to myself, like, I don't know if they're ever going to win a Super Bowl, but it's like, I'm still in it because it's the, the what ifs are just so inherent in the, in the culture and the fabric of like me being a fan that I'm used to it in a way. Like it's, it's ubiquitous in the sense of like, everyone knows what wide right means. Like everyone like knows that. And you, and even to this day, if somebody like, after Tyler Bass did not make that field goal and it went wide right, like people still get really upset because you can uh -huh. say that and it brings up not just that memory, but memories before. So yeah. there's sort of like this, this oral history, like this passed down sort of culture of like, you know, my parents telling me the stories of how miserable they were and <laughs> my grandparents, like, because my grandpa you know, my grandparents were around when the bills started, um, you know, see, then they, you know, they're seeing that with their kids who are my parents. And then I'm seeing it now uh, in like kind of the third or even sometimes fourth generations of being a fan. You're, this is like, there is just this sense of kind of like a tradition being passed down of like, here's the, the bad stuff we saw here. It is here. It is for you. Um, and like, I think it's just so interesting now because the Bills now have their series of playoff mishaps that um, that I will tell my children about. Um, <laughs> so it's just so interesting that it and and I think it it really is until they win a ring, it never it's never going to go away. Like someone is gonna like someone on like some football game or something like that next season, we'll say something about 13 seconds and like, it'll mm -hmm. still upset me. Like it'll still bother me. Like in a way that I know it shouldn't like rationally, mm -hmm. like that makes sense to me. Like I shouldn't be bothered by this. It's just sports. No, this is like, because it's such a part of being 
in Buffalo. Like it's such a part of your like lifestyle. Even people, I know people who cannot like stand sports, do not like the bills, aren't into any of that sort of stuff who still like have like a vintage bill sweater or like something, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, and, you know, sometimes it's just like a matter of civic pride. Right. It's a matter of like, I think even people who just don't want anything to do with sports, don't care about the bills, maybe don't even like the bills. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that too. Um, Especially because just there's a new stadium coming. It's been publicly funded against everyone's will, basically. Um, You know, so even if you like, are really deeply upset at like ownership at the state at whatever, like you still probably have like a bills hat. Like you have an Mm -hmm. old vintagey bills sweater. Like you, Mm -hmm. even if you're like above the bills culture, like you, you still understand it to an extent. And that's why Mm -hmm. it's sort of like they need to win one because it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be this, like, what if sort of, and I don't want to say like little brother mindset because that's not what it is at all. But like, there's always going to be those questions. There's always going to be that kind of like existentialism that comes with being a Bills fan until, until. I think it was certainly more like when I grew up as a fan and I don't mean to make you feel old, but like when I was like eight years old going to Bills games in like 2006, yep. um, like it felt like, like the nineties definitely cast a longer shadow because like you have younger people who remember it well now we're like 30 years past from their last super bowl appearance so only people who are like i mean like gen x and older like really Mm -hmm. like however my father had season tickets um in from the late 80s through to the mid 90s and like the generational trauma is um it's it is it is absolutely there. Like I don't really have like emotions about the Bills losing all four of those Super Bowls because I wouldn't have been there to enjoy them anyway. Yeah, you know who yeah, cares? Yeah. Um, but when Tyler Bass missed his field goal a week and a half ago or whatever, it like activated generational trauma that I didn't <laughs> even know I had. Where I was like, of course he missed it wide right. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, so like. The thing about Bills fans, because it is so, like, hyper-local specific, and it's so generational, because it's a lot of people who grew up in Buffalo, whose parents and grandparents grew up in Buffalo, and it's this very, like, passed down. A lot of that is, like, passed down. Um, I think um, after that missed kick, I was thinking about the Karl Marx quote about how the the dead generations uh way way like a nightmare um on the brain of the living or however it goes and i was like <laughs> yep that's it carl was talking about the bills and then what replaces as far as like generational trauma goes what replaces the the four super bowls thing is mm-hmm. the playoff drought right yes so the drought is like very important to like understand the psychology of like bills fans who are my age or maybe a little bit older where like maybe maybe the most singularly frustrating thing about the playoff drought which lasts from 2000 to 2017 is that they were rarely truly terrible i think they lost more than six no i think they won less than 
six games a year, like literally three times the entire time. So like every year it's like six and 10, six and 10, seven and nine, seven and nine. And it's just like, man, we're right there. We're right there. So at no point is the entire house torn down, but it's just like, well, we're almost there. So let's just fire Dick Duran and get Chan Gailey in there. Ryan Fitzpatrick will do it, you know? Um, and like, as a, as a Bills fan who the first coach that I can remember is Dick Duran, like that, like conveyor belts of being like just slightly below average was like the first like 10 years of being a Bills fan were like that. Um, and that like, I first saw my team make the playoffs when I was 19 and like that, that, that even more than like any of the like Josh Allen era stuff was like just total, just total catharsis because like, I don't, once we got to 2017 and it's been 17 years of no playoffs, it feels like it hit a lot of people all at once that like, this is an entire generation that just nothing. And like, there was a lot of like thinking about the drought as a like particularly traumatic, like stretch of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Bill's mafia comes up during that. Like, I feel like the bills have been good enough now for long enough that people forget that like Bill's mafia starts as starts as like those those like those freaks go this hard for this team that goes like six and ten or like eight right. and eight that give year. that doesn't give them anything particularly awesome in return nothing nothing and we're still selling out the building and we're still binge drinking at 10 a.m go bills um <laughs> but like and so i think that like that that whole mindset informs this like very weird phase that we're in now where we are the lovable losers again but at such higher stakes and it hurts so much um yeah it's uh the drought is like very very formative for like modern bills mafia culture i would Mm -hmm. say even though josh allen is not the person who ends it and even though technically it's not even the bills who ended it um yes it it feels like Josh Allen occupies a very special place it, with with Bills fans. And I, I'm wondering if you can unpack that. And you are the second person who's worn a Wyoming thing on this recording of the two that we've had. So. I'm saying, I'm not kidding when I say that Wyoming gear is the most... If I see college football gear in this town... It's mm. Wyoming more than anything else. <laughs> and it's because of that asshole. No one goes yeah. to Wyoming. Right. Sure. Um, and I mean, part of it is that like Buffalo has like no college football culture, which is like a whole other. Yes. Like... I'm going to ask. I'm, we're going to get to that. Okay. For sure. Okay, cool. Okay. So I will say that for now. Uh, yeah. So Josh, Josh is. Um, if, if Bill's mafia was a cult, Josh is the messianic figure. <laughs> that 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 like that like sweeps in to like save you know salvation messiah mm-hmm. um he's I, the symbol of I, hope yes i hated him for like for like two full years i was just like these 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 mafia rubes think that this idiot 
think that this idiot, you know, is like, yeah, the guy who completed 52% of his passes at Wyoming or whatever, um, is like, yeah, that's the guy who's going to do it. Um, and I mean, it is remarkable what Josh Allen has done. He, um, I never thought that I would get to watch a quarterback who is that good for the Bills. Or if I did, I would have assumed that it would, like, fix all of our problems and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, everything's perfect, wonderful, mm-hmm. love it. Uh, so that's fun. Um, but yes, uh, Josh is, like you said, Josh did not end the drought. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Still still maybe sentimentally my favorite Bills quarterback of my life just because he was so damn cool. Um, even if he's, like, obviously, like, not... Like, moving on from Tyrod was a correct decision in hindsight. At the time, still weird. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, Josh, like, it it feels like a very neat bookend because the Bills have only ever been relevant when they've had one of these, like, singularly great quarterbacks. Like, if you want to go all the way back to the AFL, you can talk about, like, Joe Ferguson and Jack Kemp, and then it's a whole lot of nothing until you get to Jim Kelly, and then it's a whole lot of nothing until you get to Josh Allen. He's our sweet golden retriever boy. We love him. He will... It, it's different from his earlier years when he would, you know, I re- recall in, in their playoff loss to the Houston Texans when his first playoff game, in overtime, he threw 40 yards downfield to a dov- double-covered fullback. Like, like, shit like that you know, would drive Bills fans crazy, but then you connect on a couple of those plays and you go like, all right, well, that was awesome. Um, So, I mean, what he is capable of is just something that we've never seen with this team before. I mean, you know, maybe top three, maybe even top two quarterback in the league, just of what he's capable of. Obviously, he doesn't have the MVP awards or Super Bowls, but, uh, you know, the the throw to Stephon Diggs in the in the divisional round game that he went through his arms. I mean, sixty four yards in the air. Yeah. How many quarterbacks can do that? A week before a fifty yard touchdown run where he's juking guys out of their shoes. Like how many guys in the league can do that? And so, I I think you know yeah people make a big deal about the interceptions, but you know I think people that know ball really understand like you're going to have interceptions, but at the same time he led the league in total touchdowns. So. What do you want? And and so, you know, this is a team that went from 11th in the AFC to second, um, you know, by beating the Dolphins in the final week. And so much of that was on Allen. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Bills fans that, that, you know, that pay attention, like they love him. And and, and I'm one of, you know, I love Josh Allen. And so so do you you go to a game, 70,000 people love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is the greatest Buffalo Bill that has that there has ever been. I mean that sincerely. Maybe, maybe, ooh, like maybe Thurman Thomas, maybe like there's like, there are so many names, but like, yeah, if we're talking about like, like the, the person that I am instilling my belief in right now. Yeah. And the person that I think like will be like, he is the one, I think it's Josh Allen. And that is, it sounds fanatical. It sounds like, it sounds like, the wildest thing anyone has ever said, but I do genuinely believe it. There is, it's so interesting because it's like, we went through kind of a 17 year playoff drop from 2000 to 2017. Um, and me being five years old in the year 2000, uh, that meant 
all I have ever known in my conscious memory until 2017. Um, and that was even before Josh Allen was they're not, they're never going to make it. They're, they're, yeah. they're never going to see a playoff again. Um, and there were so many like bets people made of like, who can, who is going to like take us to the next level? Like, is it EJ Manuel? Um, is it JP Lossman? Like there are so many names. And I think quarterback in particular is one of those positions where it's, it's obviously like the, obviously a driver of your offense, like the most important person on the field, but also in Buffalo contains this like mythic energy of like, this is, this is the person that is going to deliver us from this, from this misery, like maybe more, even more so than a coach, more so than like any individual skill player. There's like a, a sense of like quarterback being so important. Um, I think that even goes back to like um, the comeback game that my mom talks about all the time where she's like, when Frank Reich was the backup quarterback and got us comeback, she's got a Frank Reich jersey. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's the kind of like mysticism that comes with quarterback in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think for me, Josh Allen, like, I think just represents a lot of what Buffalo has been looking for, which is a strange thing to say, because it's like, I remember when he got drafted, people were miserable. People were so unhappy. People were like, Oh my God. Like this guy doesn't know how to play football. Like he has no idea what he's doing. He cannot hit the broad side of a barn. He is so he's like, he's got a big arm. Like, what are we going to do with that? And then, Mm -hmm. It, the first year we were like, ah, I don't know. The sec, like you'd start to see flashes, you'd start to see things happen. And then it was like that summer between the second and the third year where all of a sudden it was kind of like, oh, something might be happening here. We might be cooking. And the Bills had made the playoffs at that point. We were kind of like, okay, we, we've, we've gotten past this sort of like meme status of like getting made fun of all the time. Yeah. But who is going to take us to that next level? Um, and as Josh Allen has gotten better, as he like literally just worked through his throwing mechanics, changed a lot of his own game. And it's, you're kind of on the ride with him. Like he is, he is the vehicle for all, for everybody. I, and that's such a strange thing to say just about one guy, but it's like he is the vehicle and we are all kind of on the ride and it is a roller coaster. And sometimes it's a rickety roller coaster that, that sometimes you can see the bolts flying out. Like <laughs> it is one of those, it's like a ride that like all due respect to carnies, the carnies have not checked. And um, <laughs> like, you're like, am I, is this, is today the day? Is, is now the time? Yeah. Like, yeah. all right. But you still go on the ride. Cause you're like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And, and- it seems like part of part of Josh Allen's appeal to Bills fans is that is that arc is that he came into the league and it wasn't like it wasn't just Bills fans who were like what are they doing like this is one of the least popular like early first round quarterback picks that I can remember like there there are some other ones but it's not just that it's extremely unpopular it's that everyone's been wrong about it mm-hmm. like there are there are plenty of times where somebody will 
fall to later in the draft and prove like exceed their draft position or something like that. Those are fun stories, but they are not uncommon. It feels very rare that you get somebody who gets drafted super high, who almost every expert is like, this is a flat mistake and just eventually makes everybody look stupid. And it feels like that's part of the thing that Bill's fans are enjoying is that they get to sort of like benefit from the rest of the wider football world being wrong. Yeah. I think that has been a double-edged sword because it's like, I think a lot of people, first of all, have like retconned their opinions on Josh Allen. I I will admit you cannot freezing cold take me. Like I did not watch Josh Allen. I was like, like, does he know what he's doing? Like, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I think that's part of like his appeal that it's been like, Oh yeah, he's gonna. Pr- he's proving you wrong. He's proving you wrong yeah. right now. Like even the way like the discourse has been just about him and like all of his interceptions and yada yada yada. And like, is he that accurate? Can he like? Is he like getting through his reads? Getting through his progressions? Like he is. Like like even if you don't like the way he's doing it, he's doing it. So mm-hmm. like, who cares? Who cares what you mm-hmm. think? And mm-hmm. that's I think like the big like the big like fu of like Josh Allen is a lot of his appeal and a lot of like why Bill's fans, I think in particular, like this is the right fit. This is the right guy because it's like, we don't really care what you have to say about him because we like him and that's what matters. And like, that's, he doesn't fit necessarily a lot of molds. And even when he does fit some like analytical, like models that favor him that are like, he's actually good. Um, you know, I think it's he's still in a way like defies that he's not he's not someone you can watch with the eye test. He's not someone you can like necessarily boil down to numbers like it's just a different experience. Like you have to watch him play football, but not like think of it as like a, oh, I'm looking for this. What's yeah, he doing right. here? Like it's an experiential. Just, it's like going to the theater. It's it like, is. Just experience it. Like Josh Allen is like a surround sound thing. Like, <laughs> like how Oppenheimer is going to be on like Peacock. Like you can't watch Oppenheimer on like your small ass TV. Like right. Josh Allen, like Josh Allen is basically that, like this like grandiose, like theater for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And you can't boil him down to just like, the things you can usually boil down a quarterback to. And that's why I think like people like love, love him. 2020 Bills fans made the now I think semi-infamous Josh Allen apology form. Um, (laughs) And definitely, definitely for a little bit, it was like kiss, uh, kiss the like hypothetical non-existent ring. Mm -hmm. Um, And like at first it was very much like, like tell me I was right all along, even though of course Come on. No, you weren't. <laughs> like, some, like, we were all correct to doubt Josh Allen as much as we did. What he did is, like, still not possible. Um, which is part of why he's so incredible and why, like, yeah. I've come to love him so much is that, like, he, he, he was a seven over, he was the seventh overall pick as a quarterback and came in and said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I need to, like, completely remake everything about myself so I can, like, make this draft pick worth it. And he did it. And that's all awesome. But um, I think that a lot of the reason why Bills fans still have a massive chip on their shoulder other than, like, 
the like 17 years crushing drought lovable loser stuff is like we is is we always believed in our boy we always knew he would turn it around um so i think that there's a lot of that for sure everybody was like why no you know lamar jackson is the better quarterback sam yeah. darnold uh you know all these other guys in that in that draft like they're why would you take josh allen and i remember you know when he played at wyoming um, you know, by the way, wearing the Wyoming home field shirt, you know, you know, um, you know, he played Iowa and, and got his doors blown off and right. you're just kind of like, man, that's the guy like, yeah, he's big, but so what? Like the bills have had big arm quarterbacks before we remember JP Lossman, you know? Yep. And so like, yep. really we're doing this again, 15 years later. And then, um, you know, his rookie season was rough. Don't get it wrong, but yes. He, I remember it was a game I went to when I worked in the news. Was uh, they played the Vikings? I think it was his second start. Um, it was week three of that season, and the Bills, I believe, were seventeen point underdogs. They went into Minnesota and won. And Allen jumped over a linebacker, dove for a touchdown. You know, later in the game, and just like, whoa, where did that come from? And that was like, he had had some deep throws early in the in the previous games, but that was the first time he went like, oh, we might have something here. You know, I remember. You know, I was in. I was in the building uh, in Orchard Park the night he was drafted. He got booed at the Bills like draft party, like, and that yeah. was a thing that, like, oh my God, they drafted Josh Allen. Oh no, you know, yeah, we just got out of the 17 year playoff drought. Here comes another 17 years. Like, it's it's already started. <laughs> the clock's ticking, and and you know, people weren't really sold on the head coach. I I still am not really sold on the head coach. Um, and so just thinking like, oh my God, the the Bills are never going to be good. And then Allen, you know, he defied scouts. He defied analytics. He defied, you know, the college football fans. He denied pro, you know, like all these people that like had their ideas of Josh Allen, including Bills fans, were yeah. all wrong. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny now as we're, you know, a few years removed from his, him being drafted. You know, people look at guys like you know, like Daniel Jones, you know, could mm -hmm. could Brian Dable turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen? I was like, man, there's only right. one. There's only right. one Josh Allen. <laughs> and like a lot of coaches and GMs are going to lose their jobs because they're convinced they can turn their scrub QB into the next Josh Allen. And yeah, uh, no one saw it coming to this level, I, you know, even if you gave Mel Kuyper true serum, I don't think he'd ever think Josh Allen is in the mix for MVPs. And yes, and lean, Josh lean Allen is going to be like a regular Pro Bowl. Per, yeah, 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 right, right, exactly. Right. What happened to Demar Hamlin? It obviously shook up. I think anyone who was a football fan and probably a sports fan. But what what was that moment and everything that came after it like? for Bills fans specifically because we all you know I watched something terrible happen to a person a football player it wasn't a person that played for a team I root for and I, and I imagine it has to feel different yeah oh for sure um I mean you know like everyone else it was terrifying and you know your heart goes out to him and there's you know, there's so much uncertainty in that night, you know, in, in Cincinnati on a, that Monday night, right at the beginning of the, of, of 23. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, DeMar Hamlin, you know, was, I think their fourth string safety. I mean, it's, it was not a player that was a, a, a family, you know, a, a household name, you yes, know, yes. Was, so I, I hesitate to say that like, you know, Bill's fans knew a ton about DeMar Hamlin. Cause I don't know that they really did, um, you know, and, and just the, you know, you got to see the, the the best of Bills fans, the best of the mafia, you know, in the way that they, 
you know, rallied around him and again, you know, giving money, you know, to his charity and, and, you know, he's become, you know, this, this treasured part of the community now. And, um, you know, it was amazing, you know, even just to see him, you know, obviously it, incredible to see him playing football again, but to see him, you know, in, in a suite, you know, a week later, yep. you know, I was in the stadium when they played the Patriots after that Monday night canceled game, that canceled game on Monday night. And, you know, they showed him on the, the Jumbotron and, you know, the crowd went bananas. And of course, Naeem Hines returns to kick off the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And I've been in that building when it's been loud. I, I, there are probably a few times it's ever been louder than that. I mean, just insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it was terrifying. And then, you know, every time you'd see him on the field and, you know, he was a healthy scratch a lot this season. You know, they they have they have safeties that just produce a little bit more than he does, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are, are, are former all pros like they're the starters. But, you know, you see DeMar Hamlin make a play or get out there on special teams. You're like, holy shit, there's DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Now you get to the divisional round game. They play the Chiefs. They have that fourth quarter or that uh, that fake punt directs not to Hamlin. Like, oh, he's never carried the ball before. Like, it, it, you know, like you you forget what he had kind of been through because in that moment you're so football focused. And then yeah. like, I I don't know that I would have done that. Take the ball out of Josh <laughs> Allen's hands. Like even even if Hamlin got the first down, like oh I yeah. wouldn't have done that. Keep yeah. give keep the keep the ball with with number seventeen. But um. You know, and I don't know what Hamlin's future is because, again, like this was a guy that was, you know, kind of at the bottom of the roster, yep. you know. And so going into an offseason with a lot of question marks about how the Bills roster will look, you know, I have no idea if Hamlin will be back next year. But, you know, whenever he's in Orchard Park, you know, he'll always get big ovations. He'll always be, you know, a cherished part uh, of Bills fans and Bills Mafia. And they know what that number three Bills jersey represents. That was technically like January 2nd, 2023, but like mm -hmm. spiritually, that's also the end of 2022 because it's winter. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was a tough year for the city. Um, like January 2nd is literally one week after we had like the biggest storm we've had in who knows how long. Um, living in the city where we do, um, we only got snowed in for four days. And it was like Christmas Day. We can't leave. We're yeah. stuck. Yeah. Dozens of people died in this because the like city did not properly manage it. Like Buffalo now, we basically just have like tropical storms, but snow, which is great. Climate change. You got to love it. Um, and uh, so we were like all just off this like collective group trauma of like we're all stuck inside. People are dying. This is crazy people my age have like never seen anything like that especially where i live because i don't i don't live in the snow belt down south mm -hmm. which is where mm -hmm. which which is where you would be more you know more likely to see that kind of thing it's just like it it was such a punch to the gut um that first week was really tough because you don't know you don't know what turn this is going to take, right? Um, it was a very tough week. Uh, I was lucky enough to just randomly um, have tickets to the first Buffalo Sabres game that took place after that happened. And that was definitely a like big healing moment for everyone in that building. We all did a moment of silence and they ended up winning this absolute barn burner in overtime. It was just like the most fun anyone's had with hockey in this town in like 10 years. That was a, <laughs> that was a like wonderful communal moment. And 
the the thing that makes it so much easier to handle now is that Demar's fine. Like he like he he was called on for that ridiculous fake punt in the playoff game that just happened, and he's he's just like a special team safety, and it's remarkable that 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 like that's how that story ends up. Um, but I mean, watching that game at the time, it's just like there's that moment where it where it feels like the game's about to restart, and you're just like you're like you're really gonna make us sit through this football game yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, that was a punch to the gut, and I just like could not could not sleep that night at all. Um, and obviously, like, um, I don't think I. I don't think DeMar Hamlin was like all that known outside of the city or like outside of his hometown Pittsburgh before, but I feel like now people are very aware of the like awesome charitable stuff that he's done since this happened and that he was doing before this all happened. Um, so just um, glad that it had an ending that was not tragic, yeah. um, but just, it, just a like absolutely harrowing, harrowing week. Um, waiting for the updates it was like a very surreal experience because like football is again because it's like such a such a monoculture here in particular it's an escape for a lot of people like not in like an unhealthy some yes sometimes in an unhealthy way um but in a sense of like you know a lot of things are happening you know the real world is terrible like we mm-hmm. have this thing on sundays that like you know we might be disagreeing we might be unhappy about something we might like these things may be happening in the city in the county and wherever but like on sundays we just we that is not our problem right now our problem is the buffalo bills on sunday so like when that happened um it was one of those things where like kind of you have to like reality is starting to sink in and it's, and it's like, it's hard to say like, okay, there's like now this, this existential, existential feeling like in a real way about football where it's like, okay, we're, we're watching this thing. We're, we're putting our hopes and dreams and putting time and energy and money for a lot of people into watching the sport and caring about this thing. And all of a sudden, like a person has died on the football field. Yeah. The stakes Uh, have changed significantly. Yeah. And it's like the stakes change, the tone changes and it, and it, and it not just like, not to sound cliche, but of course it's like, you know, you, you realize it's just a game, but not, but in a sense of like, we you realize how much you put into like how much energy as a fan and like as a community we've put into this team and now this like very traumatic thing has happened and and where does that energy go and what how do you like maybe I don't know if it's ethically but like how do you process like that in addition to like your real world stuff your a lot of things going on in, in the in the city and the community and all this sort of stuff. Like it, it becomes a really strange place to, to kind of like think through and be. And then, you know, it, in the aftermath, I think, especially 
the aftermath that I think about a lot is kind of that season, like the summer and the training camp after um, when he was cleared to come back and, and start playing mm-hmm. football, um, which in itself is incredible and, and wonderful. And like people were so excited, but it also was this, this thing of, I think national attention only went to DeMar Hamlin, like in just this, wow, he's coming. Like, it, it sort of felt like a vulture sort of thing in a way yeah, of just sure. like all of a sudden like, oh, Schefter's getting all these scoops and all these like national like people who weren't here through the summer or weren't here through like him doing a lot of his like work in, in various communities with like getting like uh, like CPR training and all that sort of yep. stuff like in in for like team like youth teams and and kind of doing his work in the community that he's done since like where were you all for that and now it's like oh is he playing in this preseason game is he not like that sort of stuff was just like very strange to me in terms of the aftermath because it's like especially when people like are looking nationally and looking at his story it it's always interesting to me because it's like a lot of you weren't here and a lot of you didn't see all of the the stuff that that he was doing on, on the side and like just that he is like and you know I don't want to speak for him I don't know but it's like I think a lot of what he has done in in the past year year and a half now has been like I just want to be a football player and mm-hmm. so like when these stories keep popping up of like oh Damar Hamlin's playing today it's like it's like okay like let let him play football and I think that's right. been an interesting aftermath sort of thing too of like people care about him and people are like really in Buffalo, like really embrace like what he's done in the community since. Um, but we also, I think there's like an understanding, especially in Buffalo, like just let this guy, let, let him be a football player. Let him do sure. if, what he is if here he's to an, do. If he's an inspirational story and that's it, it reduces him to this very specific moment and time and doesn't it it doesn't let him sort of like grow or evolve from that right and i think it's like always this constant reminder of just like oh remember remember what happened remember what happened remember what happened and like i think for bills fans too that's one of those things where when we were kind of we were they televised the um like the press conference from the hospital he was in in Cincinnati, like Mm -hmm. people watched it. I remember sitting here watching it. And so like we saw every step of the way and it's like at some point, like it's not to say like, we don't want to think about it anymore. That's not what it's been at all. It's more of just like a, it's more of a, a sense of I like we, we as fans, like, want him to to be able to do the thing he wants to do and that's play football and be the best football player he can be if you know when someone when all the news came out that he wasn't going to start we were like yes because he's not a starting safety on the football team so it's right it's just so interesting too that that it's like we're trying collectively as fans as as people who like supported him as, as a person. And I think like Bill's Bill's mafia in particular loves to like really loves to support players and their charity initiatives and all this sort of stuff. It was, it it is one of those times where I think a lot of fans were like, you weren't in this with us. So like Mm -hmm. when people like don't fully understand or like try to keep making some like 
making this an inspirational story. It's like, yes, but where were you? Where like mm-hmm. you weren't in this with us. And I think that's like, it's unifying in the sense of, it's unifying in the sense of we all kind of like, it's an, if you know, you know, and it's an, mm-hmm. if you care, you care. And, and that's, and it's been a really unifying moment for Bill's fans, I think in that way for better or for worse, but it like has been like something that um, has really kind of brought people, people together, especially as like, as his story continues and, and questions do come up of like, okay, he's, you know, at some point, like, is he going to be a Buffalo Bill in the future? Is he not? And all that sort of stuff. So like, it's just so interesting to have seen like, for a, for a community that's so invested in like Bill's fans as people, sometimes in a very weird way, it's mm-hmm. been really refreshing and really nice to see, like, we can also defend that player as a player and say like, Hey, sure. like we, we, like we see, we, we see all these NFL insiders like peeking in and like swirling around <laughs> and like, and I think that is in itself the Buffalo culture of like, like you're in this with us or you're not. So that's that's been a lot of kind of what I've noticed through the through Tamar's like story, I think. What is the moment that feels like it best sums up the totality of your experience as a Bills fan? Um Ooh, you put me on the spot. I because there are a few that come to mind because I can think back to the drought era and there mm-hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> Doug Marone quitting on New Year's Eve after <laughs> after coaching the Bills to their first nine-win season in a decade. Nine wins. Not that <laughs> nine. Not 12, 13, nine wins. And he was like, nah, I'm out of here. See That's ya. it. I've done all I can. It's time to go to Syracuse. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, Jacksonville. Um, and That's right. Uh, he even didn't even have a job for a year and then ended up yeah. in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. You know, I remember, you know, obviously when, when they ended the drought, just what that meant to have that monkey off the, you know, off your back, you know, when, when the networks put up the graphic of, you know, longest playoff droughts in North American sports, the bills aren't there anymore. You know, you can put yeah. the Mariners or whoever's there. I don't even have to pay right. attention. You know what right. I mean? Right. Um, so that moment, you know, it wasn't even in a bills game. It was Ravens right. Bengals, you know, right. um, uh, and, and I was fortunate to, to be in Jacksonville for that playoff game. And though the bills only scored three points, um, the buzz in the city because Bill's mafia just invaded Duval County um, was that's something I'll never forget. And, and just quickly, um, there was a like a Bill's mafia, you know, like event at like a strip mall in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and they were out of beer 45 minutes before it was scheduled to begin. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, well, you know what? We've made it like the Bill's fans are here. Um, so those are things that stick to mind, um, you know, when. And and another thing, you know, you asked earlier about kind of the the shadow of the of the Super Bowl era looming over everything and and how that affected people. Another one that I think shouldn't go unmentioned is the fact that their patriarch Ralph Wilson lived till 2014, well into his 90s, and just kind of what the future of this franchise was going to be. That mm-hmm. hung over so much of the discourse about this team. Back in the early 2010s, I mean, sure. This was this was like the team that was constantly like, are they going to move them? Exactly. L.A. didn't have it, and L.A. didn't have a team at that Mm -hmm. point. So Mm -hmm. there was just so many questions, and and so you know, 
you can almost understand like, man, there was no plan for this team because what are they going to do when, you know, Ralph is in his 90s, you know, like sooner or later, they're going to have to make a decision about the future of this team. And so, you know, there were bad GM hires, bad head coaching hires, bad draft picks. And so you just had this, you know, you're on the treadmill of mediocrity. And that's why, again, it takes a decade to win nine, nine games in a season. Um, so Ralph dies, the Pagulas by the team. That's also the same summer that Jim Kelly comes down with cancer. And he, uh-huh. the week that the Pagulas bought the team was the same week that Jim Kelly was announced cancer free. Uh-huh. And so they had this big celebration uh, in the Ralph that Sunday, coincidentally enough, against the Miami Dolphins. And uh, CJ Spiller returned to kickoff like 96 yards for a touchdown. And the crowd went bananas. It is, uh, that might be the moment that, like, Whoa, that was like something out of a movie. Genuinely, mm-hmm. it was yeah. that was a really cool thing to be a part of, um, you know, and then, you know, Josh Allen does things that you're just like, well, I've never seen that before. That was cool as shit. So like so they're like it. it so to say, like, oh, what is the play that sums up being a Bills fan? Like, I don't know that I have that moment because it being a Bills fan changes now because they're good now for so long. They weren't yeah. what it what they represent is different now. Um, you know, and then it's like being a Bills fan, like, you know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen some shit in the parking lots. Those, those are also Bills fan things, you know? So, um, you know, uh, things that are, uh, that, you know, uh, the law can be kind of, you know, fuzzy. It's not all black and white, you know what I mean? Do you have an anecdote you're comfortable sharing from your tailgating? Yeah, what what is the statute of limitations? No, um, you know, people will bring like Christmas trees, like for like the, home finale. So like yeah. a week after Christmas yeah. and we'll set them on fire and like people will be standing too close and be unaware that like Christmas trees go up really fast. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially when they're when all they're, dry, when they're super dead. So, yeah. you know, you see someone like their jacket on fire and they're rolling in the snow, you know, <laughs> um, there was one, there was one instance, uh, walking to the stadium. We were walking through our, our tailgate lot and uh, a few friends of mine, we we spotted uh, a baggie of cocaine on <laughs> on the ground, and just like, all right, we're just gonna walk past the Bills parking lot mystery coke and just go to the stadium. We're not gonna we're not gonna get the police involved. We're not gonna we're just gonna keep walking. We didn't so, see this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And so yeah. So that those. You know, uh, a lot of people peeing in public, like, hey, sure. man, just just find the woods. They're right there. <laughs> you know, like, you, like I know you think, oh, I'm next to a car, but there are other people around, you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, people going through tables, people mm-hmm. failing, trying to go through tables. Yes, that's sure. always great. You know, somebody that weighs like 125 pounds trying to go through tape. Like, you got to put some oomph into it. Yeah. You can't just yeah. fall on it. You have no, to, you like. No, you got to get some verticality. There. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, you're from Florida. I watched ECW <laughs> growing up. Like, you got to lead with your yes. elbow yes. or your hip. Yes. Like, you can't yes. just flop on it. No, you can't belly flop it. No. And so, I mean, few things funnier than seeing someone stare up at the gray, you know, New York sky as a crowd of people are going, oh, around them <laughs> as they failed to break a table. <laughs> as they bounce off the table. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, you get that, like that real sudden shock of sobriety of like, oh, this is my life right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, there are lots of things that like, yes, this is what being a Bills fan means to me. It's so easy to compartmentalize and say, yeah, the drought happened, it ended. And now they're in the stretch where it's fun. And even if it sucks that we lose, we get to watch this like awesome dinosaur of a quarter dinosaur complimentary. Um, yeah, um, sure. I've heard I've heard Josh Allen favorably compared to a dog on multiple occasions. Like, yes, I get it. Um, 
so like if I'm thinking about totality, oh man. I'm gonna cheat and give you two. Okay. Two. Um, the first one I'm gonna give you is the first football game that I ever went to. This was 2006. This is Bills Titans, Week 16, Christmas Eve. So I'm eight years old, and this is a Vince Young, JP Lossman joint. Uh, you can find the highlights of this game online, and I highly recommend it because it kinda it kinda slapped. So this is a game where the Bills and Titans each kick like five field goals. Um, it ends 30 to 29 on a last minute Titans, like field goal, I think, or something like that. There is a play towards the end of the second quarter where it's like fourth and two on like the bills, like 40 yard line, Vince Young drops back and he just completely dices up the entire defense. This is, this is Texas Vince Young. Yes. This is, Um, this is who the Titans thought they were getting. Yes, it is. It is maybe the most incredible football play I've ever seen in person. And it is the moment where I saw my father's soul just like, just like wither and die. I saw the light go out of that man's eyes as (laughs) Vince Young goes 40 yards on a fourth down for a touchdown. And it's just brutal. And they lost that game 30 to 29. What kind of football game is that, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so nonsense. that's some John Boy's nonsense for sure. Yeah. Um the other one I'm going to pick is I could pick the 13 seconds game, but I feel like that's a little obvious. I'm going to pick the Bills Texans wild card playoff game of 2019 because this was this was the last moment before Josh Allen got capital G good. This is when, on the first drive of the game, John Brown is throwing him a touchdown pass, and the Bills leap out to the 16-point lead, and, you know, this is year two Josh, he's playing okay, Um, the other quarterback for the Texans, who, fuck him, Uh, (laughs) uh, he he turns it on late, and the Bills blow a 16-point lead in the wildcard round, but I'm specifically thinking of Josh Allen rolling right and hucking a deep ball to a fullback. That was wonderful. Love that. Uh, and I'm thinking <laughs> about Josh Allen for some reason, lateraling to his tight end on a, on a like scramble completely unnecessary would have only gotten maybe like one or two more yards, but it was just like yeah. total, total big dog brain. Just like doing too much. Josh like, Allen. <laughs> yep. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> obviously that maybe doesn't like demonstrate the highs of Josh is like, he can just be unbelievable to watch, but I will pick those two as being specifically emblematic, both heartbreaking losses. I went to the divisional round in 20, 2022, uh, in Kansas city. And I saw 13 seconds happen in front of me. I saw that happen. Just what? What was that like? I'm just going to give the floor to you to talk me through it. I was there. Um, uh, My previous job had got had gotten tickets and said, would you like to go? And I was like, of course, I would like to go. So I had the opportunity to go. I it was just surreal because there were a lot of Bills fans there. I had, I had friends who lived in Kansas city at the time who were Bills fans and, you know, went to a tailgate, hung out. And we were like, this is the year. 
this is it's gonna happen, especially because the especially because Josh Allen had played a perfect game prior to that. Like he played maybe the best fo- single football game a person could have possibly played. And so the feeling was this is the year. It's gonna happen. This is it. Like we are about to see greatness. Like it is going mm-hmm. to happen. And we sh- we sure did see greatness. Again, I have never seen a football player do the things that Josh Allen did that day. Like I, I don't think I ever will. Um, and, and, and it just all happened so fast. It felt like everything happened so slowly and so quickly. And I just remember thinking just he's going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. They're going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. And and obviously it's because like you don't have like you know you don't have like any announcers any anyone telling yes. you what is happening yes that 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 it's harder to really like see firsthand that that you know the kick went wrong and the coverage was weird and all of the stuff that led to the the tying field goal you you like it it happened so quickly like at some points i felt like i blacked out but I wrote what you're describing sounds like being in a car accident. Taylor. <laughs> I, think I, I think it might've been like maybe the whiplash too. Um, but what I do remember very vividly is before overtime, I actually moved down a few rows because chiefs fans left. I would like to make that abundantly clear <laughs> that the chief, that chiefs fans. And it was, I think it was right before 13 seconds when um, the bills were up. Yeah. Like Chiefs fans got out of there and that's how I moved up seats and I moved up rows and I, and I will remember that. I will remember that like very vividly that I was like, you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You have Travis Kelsey on your team. At that point they had Tyreek. They had, they had, they had a machine and, and you're, and you're going to leave. Like you don't have this belief in this guy. Like, like I have this belief in Josh Allen. Like I think he is going to like if he told me to jump off a building, I would say, "All right, how high?" Like, <laughs> but but you're all leaving. Like you think this is over? It's not. Mm-hmm. And that obviously worked to my disadvantage because I saw what I saw. But you're right. I was, in your own way. I was right. <laughs> and again, playoff Josh Allen, an entirely different, like entirely different per- like person. Like whatever you want to say about Josh Allen in the regular season, there is something about that guy. There's some intangible sports thing that when you tell him he is in a playoff, it, like he, he must black out too. Like he mm-hmm. must just fully mm-hmm. not know what he's doing and just like plays football. Like he's a mm-hmm. machine. He is a robot. Yeah. Like the stuff, like the stuff that frustrates me about Josh Allen happens in the regular season like even if he does something stupid in the like in the playoffs like it doesn't matter to me as much because I know like somewhere psychologically in his head he's doing something he's like playing 4d chess um and but I remember like that was like kind of the totality of it of just like I I just saw somebody play one of the greatest football games that I have ever seen and I think like nationwide like probably one of the most memorable games of football like more than the super bowl, like more than the mm-hmm. super bowl that year mo- more than the super bowl most years like yep. i can point to very specific like 
like people can point to playoff games that mean something to them, but like everybody knows what the Bills Chiefs game was. Any game that you can refer to with two words mm-hmm. is is probably because it was an absolute banger of a game. Right. Like 13 seconds. Like you can yes. like say very specifically and you know, oh, Bills Chiefs divisional. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I know right. exactly what that right. was. Um, and I mean, I guess like a full circle moment was I went to the Bills game that they lost against the Chiefs, uh, where, where he kicked wide, right? So I saw it, I saw it happen. Um, and it happened again. And I think it hurts less when, when you've already seen it once. Um, but again, he like, and that to me is the experience of just like trying to have this full circle moment. And I did, but it was another one. So that's so great. What then is your happiest moment as a Bills fan? Oh man. Is it weird if I also say it's 13 seconds? No. I think no, it if is. That's, if that's the right answer, yeah. I think it is. I think it like the summary of being a Bills fan is watching your team play probably one of aside from the last 13 seconds of the football game, the most perfect football game that you could have possibly watched that that you could watch your team be you can see every single moment where that is a Super Bowl team mm-hmm. and then just not have that. Um, I think that is like in a way, like the highest highs that I have ever had as a Bills fan also came with like the lowest, like some of the lowest lows that I've ever like seen in a football game in person. Um, like, I think that that is just like the summary of it. Like it is, I have been overjoyed. I was overjoyed. Like, I don't think I've ever felt that way about football until I saw that football game um, happen to me in real time. Um, so <laughs> while it is probably not the most positive answer I could have given, it is the most, it is probably the most accurate of just like the entire encapsulation of like my experience is like right there. I'm not sure if I could put you at an exact moment in 2020 when I realized that Josh Allen was actually good, which is a simultaneously cathartic moment and deeply funny moment when you realize like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And then (laughs) like you close your eyes and like picture the cascading consequences of Josh Allen being good are um, not only for my football team being good, but also like just everyone online is going to have to like be like, what the hell do we do with this? Um, so there's that, but <laughs> I think the single most <laughs> euphoric moment of Bill's fandom that I can think of is the moment when they broke the drought. So that would have been 2017 and it wasn't even a Bill's game. The Bills took care of business earlier. They 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 beat the Dolphins, actually. They beat the the Jay Cutler Dolphins, I believe, in Jay Cutler's last professional experience. Um, what a what a horrifying but... phrase. <laughs> I know. Um, I think he even got benched in that game for David Fails. His name is David Fails. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, and, yeah, then, then later on that day, Andy Dalton... Which, by the way, I have an Andy Dalton jersey in that closet right there, specifically because of this one moment. I, like, immediately went out and bought an Andy Dalton jersey. Um, But Andy Dalton finds Tyler Boyd on a, like, on a fourth and long. Bengals beat the Ravens, and the Bills make the playoffs. And I just specifically remember drinking a lot, (laughs) drinking 99 bananas with my friends that evening, 
the most 19 years old beverage you can possibly have, 99 bananas. Um, and just like, I cannot believe they did it. I, I was prepared to live my entire life without my stupid football team making the playoffs. Um, and they did. And they lost like 9-3 to three the next week or whatever the hell it was to, to uh, Blake Bortles. But yeah, I would say in terms of like sheer emotional overload, it doesn't get better than that stupid 9-7 and seven team making the playoffs. After the Dolphins put up 70 on the Broncos, yeah. they came to Orchard Park and the Bills put 48 on them. And <laughs> Stephon Diggs had like 120 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Josh was amazing. It was a beautiful sunny day in Orchard Park. Uh, which we have those. I know you mm-hmm. might not think that now, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was, they came in riding so high and the Bills just stomped on them. It was so much fun. Um, you know, I didn't get to go, to, I didn't have season tickets when they played the Patriots in the playoffs. I know people who were at that game. I mean, it was like, wind chills were like negative 10. So like, yeah, it would have been awesome, but like, it would have been really cold. You yeah. know, like not that experience. I don't know that like, would have been all that much fun you know like even though the bills are obviously kicking the shit out of new england um so yeah I, I and i even remember remarking leaving the stadium after they beat the dolphins earlier this year uh in orchard park like that was the most fun i've had in that stadium because it was just it, everything was great you know the the defense looked amazing obviously josh was great stefan Diggs was awesome beautiful day you know just like man like how, who were you know to quote marv levy where else would you rather be than right here right now um, you know, that was a blast. Obviously, them ending the playoff drought, you know, and, and it was awesome. And I was at my the TV station I worked for at the time. I was in their sports department. And, you know, people are in the office screaming and shouting and going crazy. That was amazing to be a part of. To do, you know, to do the highlights from that game that night yeah. and to be like, man, I'm the person that gets to do that is really cool. I mean, it's, it's on YouTube. You know, like, it, it's like you could see, like, the enthusiasm of just, like, what that moment meant. Um yeah, so those are the moments that really stand out of, uh, and it's funny that that game in 2017, the Bills had beat the Dolphins to <laughs> to then to then find out whether or not the Ravens would to lose to the Bengals. A shot. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it all comes back to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, those are the moments that that really stand out. I mean, and and it's you know it, it it's obviously the you know when the Bills play really well, that's a blast. But uh, like I'm telling you, man, like being part of that community going to tailgates, hanging out with friends. Like there's just something about that. It, it is, it's just so good and powerful. And like, that's the point of all of this. It's why you enjoy it. And, you know, like I carpool out to the tailgate lots with a buddy of mine. It, the vibes are good in the car, meet up with friends in the tailgate lot. And we're all having a good time. The vibes stay high. You go into the stadium and you see people that are also season ticket holders around you. And I don't even know their names or what they do or where they're from, but like familiar faces, great to see yep. them. Then the Bills kick the shit out of somebody. That's awesome. So you're just, you're riding this like serotonin wave for 10 hours, I mean more. And so like, those are the things that that uh, I, I really cherish. And I mean, you know, we're recording this at the end of January, like shit, I gotta wait eight more months for another Bills home game. Like <laughs> it, it, that's the part that I love the most is being there with friends and and of course you know watching the bills win is a big part of that too that that's that's the interesting thing is that i you know when the bills struggle i think there's a normal amount of like uh anguish that happens with bills fans but i don't get the sense that this is a very like doom oriented fan base like at this point in time maybe that was different when you're talking about in the middle of the playoff drought 
but it feels like this has moved on to whether it's season to season or week to week, there tends to be a sense of like, all right, it's another Bills, it's another Bills game. Let's go see if we can kick the shit out of somebody. Yeah, I mean, they have the, I believe they have the highest win percentage at home in the in the NFL over the last two or three years. So more often than not, they do beat somebody, you know, beat up on somebody. You know, this year they they stomped the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun, <laughs> Ryan. Let me tell you, beating the shit out of the Cowboys rocked. Listen. And the Bills, the Bills ran for like 250 yards in that game. Man, it just watching them run it down their throat. You know, it's to to quote Marshawn, like you know, people don't want to deal with that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like. That was so much fun. So <laughs> I, I, I think the the part of it, and this will be really interesting, you know, how that that mentality shifts going into next season because the we all know what the target is, and that's to beat Kansas City. And so, yeah. like, of course, it'll be fun, to, you know, to have big wins at home and all that and have a good year. But, like, none of that will really matter until you get to the playoffs and when you face Mahomes again, because undoubtedly they will. So what happens then? And yeah. and that's where like the doom and gloom comes in because Allen is great. The offense can score a lot. The defense can be really good, but you're starting to get that feeling of like what the hierarchy is in the AFC and you're just not on top. That's Kansas city. And so until you beat them, until they get above that hump, you know, that, that will linger. But you know, okay, Kansas City is above us. We can look down our nose at literally everybody else in the conference. <laughs> so we can have fun beating up on all these other teams. Uh, I know Cincinnati has had our number the last couple of years, but like that's you know, it Kansas City is is where the focus is. And I know that that introduces the thought that you're gonna be too occupied in Kansas City that you might open the door for a Cincinnati or a Baltimore, maybe even the Chargers with with Harbaugh and, and who knows. So um, and, you know, the Texans are on the way up. And so th- there are a lot of things that could change that. But right now it is, God, what can we do to overcome Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, Casey, and yeah. so on? So there's another story. And I'm going to break I'm going to break format here. I'm not going to ask the other two to do this. I'm going to okay. ask you to walk us through this instead. There's another story from this year of the Buffalo Bills. And for people oh, who are dear. interested, the ringer has done a good, a good summation mm-hmm. of it. You can find plenty of news coverage on it. But I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the pit. The pit. Um, so me and several of my internet idiots were very early to this story, I like to imagine. All the way back in September. So like I said, how how the how the Bill Stadium is in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. Um, Buddy decided that it was a good idea to do cocaine, LSD, marijuana, and drink a whole bunch of beers. And um, so the Bills are building a new stadium right next to the old stadium. And there's just yep. a giant open open construction site there. Um, and naturally, guy who's crossfaded on four different substances <laughs> is like, I want to go in there. Uh, covers himself in human feces from a porta potty. I don't really understand what was going on with that. Um, but gets naked, does that, climbs in the hole, jumps in the hole, and because cocaine negates fall damage, he was fine. Um, <laughs> I'm he dropped pretty like sure thirty he, feet, didn't he? Yes, and he was. I I believe that it came out that there were some superficial injuries, but he's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So. This happens, and it's a story because it's wild, and um, I'm pretty sure you guys talked about it on on the full cast we a little 100% bit. 100% did, yes. Yes. Um, so, like, 
this is a like low simmer happening throughout the season of like of of like oh like did you hear that another idiot jumped the fence and like tried to get in the hole um and like my current twitter avi is me pointing at at the hole and how i could not go in it um either way at some point in December or January or something. I think it was January, actually. Um, a TikTok starts making the rounds about how this is a recent phenomenon and Bills fans are sacrificing people to the pit and that has fueled their win streak. I regret to inform you that we've that 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 is not true. We've been doing it the whole time um, <laughs> through through all of the ups and downs of this season. Um, there is a list of I think ten people ended up. Uh, it's, I mean, being, being caught jumping into the pit, who knows? Um, several of them are Canadian, which I love. Um, that's just, that's just local Buffalo flavor for you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, they're all going, I mean, they're all probably going to spend like 60 days in jail Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. because it's, uh, because it's trespassing. It's trespassing, Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so... Once that TikTok comes out, we all start having more fun with the pit. I've pre-ordered a incredible t-shirt from the good local folks at Left Turn that is not being sold anymore. But um I celebrating one the as well, pit. So excellent, perfect. Um those are good folks. Good folks to support Left Turn. Um but yeah, so the pit was a was a like surprise special character for the bills this year and that stadium isn't going to be completed until 2026 i don't know how long it's still going to be up hit but there's mm-hmm. still there's still plenty of time for dumbasses to get in their heads that sure and, and the nice fence. thing about construct the construction process is it's a pit now who knows maybe it's you know like a ramp or an obelisk mm-hmm. or you know who knows what it, what it can evolve into like a pokemon mm-hmm. or something like that 